in five, four, three, two, one. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the I Digress podcast. Today we have quite a wet day. It's got some flood warnings. Get your wellies on, bring a brolly and, I don't know, cover your dog in some blankets. Something nice, get a treat, peanut butter or whatnot. Today, my co-host, your favorite cooker, green tea drinker, sometimes has coffee, sometimes has decaf. He's ginger, he's got blue eyes. It's Neil Methvin. I have green eyes. Your eyes change color depending on your mood. It's, uh, I don't know, it's a weird thing. Good afternoon, anyway. And, as I'm sure you're excited to hear, it is our returning guest, another female. Yes, the STEM scientist. The award kind of wins some stuff, not really. She is one of the top ten panelists of something. It is Victoria Neal. Wow, that's like a really depreciating introduction there. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) You're back on the show. How are you feeling? Pretty good. Excited, but also it's weird being back again. I guess thanks for inviting me. (laughs) How's the weather up there? You know, because you're because you're because you're so tall. Pretty much the same. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much the same. No surprises there. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And you know, like the audio quality, we've managed to take it in strides, especially because Mm -hmm. you're sitting in your room and this is all over Zoom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I bought a mic just for this. Yes, we're not holding a gun to her or coercing her with a script. And on that note. Let's dive straight in! I digress. All right, guys, we're going to come into our first topic of the day. It is your news topical update. What was that? I don't know, I'm just probably going to put on some like BBC sort of music. Oh, the they did it. Like, boop. Again. Boop. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it's just like, today in the updates, ice cream in Edinburgh, racial connotations. Margaret Ferrier, is she a, bi- a villain? Is she a good person? Who knows? Trump gets COVID. And this new game among us is causing all the craze. I'm glad that the news actually do have like a teleprompter and it's all and it's all a script because you read in there you were just like is she a bit of a is she a bit of a villain? It's <laughs> causing it all the crease. Honestly, chocolate is it or fucking what'd you say ice cream? Is it a bit race or something? Like you absolutely ruined that. I know, dude. This is what happens when you hang around someone long enough. You start to pick up their mannerisms, mm. and I'm I'm developing a stutter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I think uh, I think I think you should have done it more like Fox News. You know, what, just, just like, like racist ice cream in your neighborhood. <laughs> just ruined the message of it completely. Oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. totally Margaret Farrier, COVID transmitter, biological <laughs> warfare. Yes. No. Now you're getting it. That's the spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. I got you, I got you. So, I, I, you know, I feel like that first, first topic can ring a few alarm bells. But really what I want to say to it is that back in the good old days of 1950s, 60s Edinburgh, Scotland. This is racist ice cream you're talking about. Racist ice cream. Got Essentially, it, it. Um, people in Edinburgh who really didn't like people of colour, they wanted to come up with as many connotations to it to remind them of how much they enjoyed being racist. So what they did was they'd name specific ice cream, I don't know, accessories with uh, different names. So if you wanted to get a chocolate wafer, you'd refer to it as a black man. Or if you wanted to get strawberry sauce, you'd say, I want some monkey's blood. So if you were to get say a chocolate wafer with two scoops of vanilla and some strawberry sauce on his top. Instead of saying that, you'd be like, of a black man covered in white man dribbled in monkey's blood. Wow. And that was a legit thing. Why though? When was this, when did this stop happening? Oh, so like the pretty much um it hasn't enough. rob just has a really hard time at yeah. work sometimes i bet he goes and orders this like <laughs> yeah. this is actually his order no do you know what's scary is like some people come in at the age of like f- in their 40s or 50s and they'll come into the store and they'll be like oh, you'll never guess what i used to call that and i'm like i i have a feeling wow. that mm. i do mm. i feel like i don't well, want why to. is it a good idea to say it to you like uh, obviously I, you'd find i mean i'm guessing you'd find it oh i i, I kind of i laugh but it is offensive and i do find it funny because like they say it in a sort of like proud way like oh, oh do i have news for you and i'm like wow i i just i just want to do my job please can you just not i actually forgot you worked in an ice cream store this yeah, all makes sense sometimes i forget to mm. <laughs> i think you just try to well, you know, just there's that. It's temporary. He's like, oh, at least I got out of bed. Tem- <laughs> I left Tem- the house to go, Tem- but... I temporary like... gig, you know? <laughs> temporary, you know. But, you know, I mean, at least there's perks. There's diabetes. Do you diabetes. get free... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it? Oh, yeah, I know. I do get free ice cream. Mm. With monkey blood? With monkey blood. Ooh. Occasionally, I get a black man. <laughs> and the best part is that one of my colleagues was... Uh, actually got asked this. They were just like, uh, could, I, could I get a black man? And uh, she had to sit there for a while. Uh, Rob! Like, Rob! It's like, where is There's he? somebody asking for you. I'm how much? Like, how uh, much? I'm just sitting there looking at him like, uh, are, are we doing this here? Uh, I might need to go in the toilets. I don't know, like 500 pounds? You hour? couldn't afford it, honey. Like, You're like, what's my rate again? I've like, oh, done this in a this while. Again. And I'm just like, to go out of your way to order ice cream, of all things, especially but, in Edinburgh. Yeah, why was it? Why did they want to associate that with ice cream? Was there a reason? That's people used to really like being racist, though. People used to really enjoy oh, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I guess they just really enjoyed ice cream. And this seems to be just very localised to Edinburgh as well. And wow. you wouldn't go to many cities in Scotland and say those and people know what you're meaning. But mm-hmm. I think I would ask for like a 99. Yeah. 99 or like flake. a flake. That makes sense. You know, you know used to be called, it used to be costing 99 pence. Yeah. But, mm. I don't know, it's just weird. I thought it was a bit of a funny one to bring up. You still get 99s now. Yeah, like, but they're yeah. like £2. Oh, yeah, that's not a 99 one. then. Yeah. Is this, like, is this like adjusted for inflation? Yeah, yeah, they call them 99s, but then they're just like, yeah, that'll be £2.50. Can I get a 99 with a bit of fuck me over? Like, <laughs> take £3 <laughs> yeah, worth. Yeah. I guess I get that. But like monkey blood, I'd be like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> okay, I mean, maybe that's not supposed to be to be right. Maybe that just does mean monkey blood. No, but why associated with monkeys? Like, why not like just... 
Oh no! Just they, say, Can I, I, just I looked have... this up. They like tried to enforce the idea that the monkey blood was the blood coming from the black man, mm. and, and we are we all thought, monkeys. And we thought eating it was a great idea. No, because what what? I mean, it's not actually mon- mon- It's not actually no, mon- I know, monkey blood. But... but I mean, what brings you more joy than eating ice cream and thinking of uh, the drained monkey blood of a black man? You're right, Rob. Very little does. <laughs> <laughs> And that's just You're 19- so right. <laughs> 1960s no matter where. Welcome to Scotland. <laughs> Great as long as you don't like ice cream. But so what you're saying is you want to bring this back? Is that what you're? Oh no no! I just thought it was okay. an interesting topic to bring up. But uh, just to let you know, you know, little things like fact. this happen now and then. But you know, at least we're not shooting you people, so yeah. that's that's good. Well, I mean, well, I learned something today. So basically, anyone who buys ice cream is with a chocolate wafer and strawberry sauce is. Technically endorsing racism. Well, I mean, as long as it's a pretty bold so, claim, Victoria. So You're endorsing racism. <laughs> I would say maybe... Not for the first time, I'd just like to point out on this podcast. Maybe just call it a chocolate wafer and strawberry sauce. Uh, that's all I ask. Mm-hmm. And maybe not remind me of what it used to be called when yeah. you come into the store. That, that'd be great. That's... that's it's small things I ask for yeah. in this world, but you know, just be a good guy. Just, yeah. just come just in, take your order, pay, leave. <laughs> you didn't seem very resistant to offering yourself up to that guy who wanted to buy you. No, I was just a joke because of the sexual connotations. But I think he, uh, he didn't get the sexual connotations of it. He just looked at me. He, very just, wanted, he just wanted to purchase you. Bizarre, yeah. He, <laughs> oh, wow. he, he just didn't see anything wrong with it, and then I had to just sit there for a while until he referred to it as a chocolate wafer and I was like, ah, you do know what it's called. Yes. You know what it's called. You just, you just you chose. You could have just ignored chose. him. You just like, chose just to be offensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I asked him to leave. Like, she just like looked at him and be like, dude, we just sell ice cream, man. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I tell this in a very funny story, but when it happened, I was just like, yeah, I'm not selling anything mm. to you. Like, yeah, I mean, that's At least fair. you stood your ground. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. What ground I had behind a counter <laughs> yeah. of all 18 treats. Hey, counters make you have power. I yeah, swear. for sure. It's great though. It's like if you're ever serving people as well, if there's like a bar between you and like a punter, then you anything that you say like just has so much more like bravado. Don't oh, yeah. getting past it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're just trying to reach over and you're like, eh, you can't get me. <laughs> it's great audio content. Yeah, I know. I know you can see me doing the classic two. I mean, anyone who knows me knows I'm doing the two thumbs up. The two thumbs up? Don't worry about it. You didn't have any thumbs up at all. Jesus. Well, right, so okay, moving, on moving on to Margaret Ferrier. So, is it? I'm, I'm even saying as well that she was confirmed positive with COVID nineteen. Yes, and then basically had a round trip to and from Parliament from Glasgow. Yes, and she is an MP. And, of she, and she was on the train without a mask on. Yes, despite being positive for coronavirus. Yes, those are the facts. Does wow seems good to me. Does anything wrong with that? It's like so. She, firstly, she's tested positive for it. She shouldn't be leaving her house. And secondly, she's on public transport, traveling to. Well, I guess it's kind of an important journey. But she's on a train without a mask on. I didn't actually know about this. So when did this happen? Oh, last week. Last week. This is like oh, super geez. recent. Her name is probably still in the news and papers. And Nicholas Sturgeon's already asked for her to Step resign. Mm. But uh, she's refusing to resign. She's actually yeah. sort of holding her power up and just being like, yeah, I'm, I'm not giving up my job. And she's kind of trying to apologize for all the obvious signs. She shouldn't have done what she did. Mm-hmm. 
And I was just thinking, you know, maybe she should have just got away with it by saying she was just performing a routine eye test. And uh, she just wanted to take the long journey to make sure her eyes are working. Yeah, you know, for sure. Kinda, kind of like a good old big boy wants his face. She is defying calls for her to step down from her post. Yeah, and people are trying to get Nicola Sturgeon to basically back a petition for her to step down as well, which is apparently not happening. Um, See, in Parliament, can people not just get fired? I know that she's being asked to step down, but can it not just be a case that they're like, you disobeyed literally the that's law? That's the thing. Well, they're like elected and, officials, so they yeah. don't really have like a boss. Like the people uh, is the boss, and the only way to knock them down is every four five years for the elections Um, and that's the only way she can be put unless she commits some sort of like um, crime i think crime against humanity Mm -hmm. or some sort of like war crime then she can't be removed from post unless the people do some sort of uh snap vote for that constituency but that's effort and time and she's like she can be i think she can be put out like if there is like a petition or something i think she could pretty much be removed from from office but but i would imagine it's probably it'd have to be localized to her constituency yeah probably Mm. like if enough people vote to have her removed then Mm. she can be removed but there's no person like it's not like bars can be like you're fired Mm -hmm. that's uh on the same uh, sort of note though some good news some people could say obviously not us we're not uh we don't, you know, pass our political views on, on, on the show. Oh, but Donald Donald J. Trump has coronavirus. Yeah. What a, sh- what a shame. What a shame. Yeah. And he's, um, you know, he's, he's like, what, 74 or something? He's in yeah. like, you know, he, and, he's, and he's overweight. Like, he's in a lot of at-risk groups here. So. And low income. Did he, not, <laughs> sorry, did he not have it before as well? Because no. did he not visit a hospital and then um, he went, or was it Boris? It was Boris, I think wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Boris he Johnson. visited yeah, a hospital and he didn't Bojo have it, any yeah. like protection on yeah. it and then he got it. Well, no, but, well, Boris had it and then he was like getting interviewed about it afterwards or something. He was like, you know, after I was finished, I went round, I shook everybody's hands. <laughs> no. Other uh, fat, blonde, bubbling like, idiot. Congratulations everyone for looking after me. I shook all their hands perfectly. You're like, don't do that. To be honest, I'm surprised Trump didn't have it before because, you know, you are a president, you're going around and he fucking shaking hands. And he, and he refuses to wear a mask as well. Yeah. yeah. So I'm surprised it took this long, to be honest. So yeah. Probably all those like bleach injections that he was mm. taking while he was like midway through a spray tanning session. Yeah. Well, the thing is as well, like now that he's got it, so they ha- so him and Melania have to like isolate, and it's probably going to affect the next presidential debate as well yes. because it's not going to happen. But because that's like, that's supposed to be like the fifteenth or something. Yeah. But did you guys see? the debate that happened like a few days ago i didn't watch it but i heard about it so um, i watched like the highlights if you will but it was, oh, it was ridiculous it any was, like, interesting points it was just like two like petulant kids shouting at each other just they were literally just talking over each other constantly vic if you try and moderate me and neil just now by like asking us any questions and just like yeah we'll try and emulate the way it was you you want you want to go for biden yeah i'll go biden okay, just wow. sleepy sleepy biden yeah okay i don't know what to... if you just ask his question they, they would ask two politicians of what and we'll emulate what, what it was like okay let me have a think so what i'm not very good at this already any question um any question okay i'm gonna make it political based because that was mm-hmm. the and also then what if what would then do is he would then ask you know somebody to have their two minutes to talk first of all oh, so okay you, so you would then invite one, one of us to okay. so how are you going to ensure the economy stays strong in the next year neil please go first um, um oh, donald trump, john trump. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, that, that's my. Uh, so we have had the strongest economy be in in years. In years, Obama before was running it into the ground, and he was just, and Joe I, Joe like Biden would say, have, Joe Joe Biden would have would I, run this economy into that's, the ground. That's wrong. And the and the basically so I mean it was, it was actually a lot, a lot more difficult because Trump just talked over Biden the whole time. I yeah. feel like, but and then did Biden <laughs> do anything to like? Well, did he get quite aggravated? Yeah, <laughs> but like so Biden would start speaking and then and Trump then would like just look into the camera and be like, "You you people in the at your homes, I'm I'm proud of my son. My son." He, he didn't take the money. Your son was a coke um, addict uh, who got dishonorably excuse, discharged. Excuse, excuse me, that's... Can, man, will Dishonorably you just, discharged. And he was, he was a coke addict. I can't, I can't get two words in with this guy. And, but then Trump was talking as well. And Biden was just like, will you shut up, man? Will you shut up, man? Just, and, like, just this shut is up. two people that... This is, one of them is going to be president. Mm. And literally, the guy who was um, moderating it was literally saying... He was like... He's like, stop shouting. He's like, stop shouting. He's like, he's literally just been like, guys, like, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. He's like, I shouldn't have to do this. Yeah, it's even like, like kids, man. for things that we're even involved in, I can't imagine not letting someone just have their peace or, yeah. you know, it's, I heard people talking about it and it was like the lesser of two evils. Like, both of them are not great. Yeah. We're not going to be amazing. Well that's, well, that, well, that's what it was. And it's like, last you've got time. to pick which one. You've got to take where, a massive sacrifice on. Or Hillary was viewed as the kind of lesser of two evils. Mm. I hate it. I'm like, why is this always a debate when it comes to politics where, like, mm. pick the lesser of two evils? I actually sat there in the shower where I hold all my debates. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <laughs> talking to yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking to the shampoo and conditioner. Everyone does it. Come on. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sitting there like, you wouldn't sit there and be like, oh, who would you rather have in control, uh, Hitler or Mussolini? Yeah. And be like, oh, well, you know, I mean, Mussolini wasn't, he's, he's not as bad as Hitler, but he only killed, like, millions. And you're like, mm, can we not just have a good guy once? Yeah. Just someone I honestly don't understand it. Job? It's like, maybe that's just it. Maybe I'm not going to lie. I'm not really, I don't like politics because I think it's just lying a lot of the time. Yeah. But yeah. it's like, you know, all the people are just putting on an act and telling you what you want to hear. And I think at some point... It's like we do need we need someone who's actually intelligent and who is actually going to follow through on these things and not make false promises. But yep. that is the literally the campaign. Should we go it's back like, to like the good old days of when uh, it was lords who were educated and they mm-hmm. only had the rights to vote and the person who would be in power would be someone who was well educated and informed mm. on the shit they were talking about? Maybe I you should run really, for office. <laughs> I had a really I, interesting I conversation though. Like someone I was out with for drinks and he was saying like. Um, what did he say? He said that he wasn't into democracy. And it was really oh, no. interesting to his point because I'd never thought of it that way. But he said, you know, you're literally getting a wide group of people who just follow on to whatever one concept you come up with. So like Trump, it was like he had basically attracted all of like the, you could say, redneck people who were quite like, you know, old traditional views on stuff and he had yeah. like convinced them that was his whole campaign was yeah. going to be about yeah. and he might not have even thought that before but he was like this will get me elected yeah. and it was like that is what overtook the election so it's an interesting point but like i wouldn't agree with him either but i was just like it yeah. was interesting to hear about it i've heard like um a couple of arguments democracy. before that are like yeah they're like anti-democracy sort of views because they were like and their argument was quite simply kind of you know if you were gonna like steer a ship or something and it was kind of thing that you would would you go around and ask everybody which direction mm-hmm. they want to go or would you leave it to the or would you leave it to the person who knows how yeah kind of thing and i can kind of get that like you know should it should it everybody you know have a say that yeah. might have no idea how to run a country etc mm-hmm. or you know do you and i was like 
I mean, it's there's obviously flaws. Yeah, there's flaws to the argument, obviously, flaws, but it's, it's, like, it's, it's like a good enough point. Yeah. You know? Do you know what's mad, though? Like, uh, unpopular opinion, I don't actually like democracy that much. Mm-hmm. Because if you actually look at the man who invented democracy back in the Greek old days... Of, Mr. Demo. Mr. Demo yeah. um, <laughs> of the Crap. Philosopher's Stone. He actually came up with all the points... Stone. <laughs> <laughs> He actually came up with all the points of why it's super flawed and why it just wouldn't work mm-hmm. in a political situation. But for some reason, that's just how we live in the uh-huh. Western society. I love democracy. Mm-hmm. And if you look, I mean, the COVID infections don't actually take much infection in the states that don't have democracy. But I'm not sure if that's from being undemocratic so correlation or with just COVID. not admitting anything. <laughs> yeah, that could just be... Uh, I mean, like, I'm pretty sure North, North Korea don't have very many cases yeah. as far as, far I, as I they're admitting they to. Like, no, it was just zero. they were immune. Didn't all we just talk about a long time ago on the pod? Like, yeah. they had, yeah. like, one case and then... And then, and then that was it. There's, like, sure. one solitary gunshot and they were like, nope, no cases here. <laughs> Done. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, my days. Well... Does it not just make you sit there and feel like a bit like Gordon Ramsay? No. No. <laughs> You're just sitting there. Stop like, trying to shoehorn this in. I'll shoot this fucking horn. Let's move on. Just sit there and just like looking at everything and be like, it's fucking raw. It's raw. An idiot sandwich. <laughs> what are you? And just sitting there like, where's the like, That should be the that should be the same bite, the idiot sandwich thing. Oh, we could do that. That's an idea. You don't That's get to idea. fucking choose, right? Oh, That's sorry. my bit. I choose. <laughs> no, robbery and acting, the idiot sandwich. <laughs> I was going to say, Neil, she's giving you a run for your money. I yeah, think. I, uh, I just try, I just try, I just try to steal my bet. I think she's trying to lay claims to becoming a permanent host here. Absolutely <laughs> not. I mean, we have four mics now, so this could be a thing. Well, I mean, there's only two in your place. Victoria's got one in hers. Yeah. I, you know, I'm obviously, yeah, you know, true. In my, I'm in my room. I have my mic. Looking at the agenda, huh? Yeah, sorry, I just kind of get lost in thought. Are we going to touch on Among Us? To be honest, I haven't heard much about it. I've Good. got a social coming up about it, but I have no idea what it is. You're having a social on Among Us? Yeah, it's like the game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's about, is it not someone is picked as like, you know the saboteur game? Yeah. And is it a bit like that? It's like yeah. one of you is it's a like saboteur. on CBBC. Yeah, brilliant, yeah. brilliant. You're trapped. <laughs> Oh man, that's a classic. Do not oh, react. <laughs> you are the subject. Yeah, brilliant. Love it. Totally I was just saying, like, how do you guys love playing that game? How would you play it? I know how I I mean, I haven't. It. That's it. You've never played Among I've Us? Never played oh Among man, Us. you should get in. It's, it's so coming. Good. It's coming up, so we'll see. It's kind of like Secret Hitler as well, but on oh, like wow. a like a video game. Secret Hitler's fantastic. Mm. It's like a board game as well. That's, that's some, it. Yeah. That's some free so advertisement. So Neil's a Nazi. Whoa! Whoa! Okay. I love controversy. <laughs> you know what? Part of me wants to make that the sound of the episode, but <laughs> also like, I kind of don't want so it to be there. It was just a jolly way of saying Neil it. Neil the Nazi. Yeah, I kind of don't want that. Clip it. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Sorted. That's, uh, that's going to be uh, appearing on the Instagram preview. <laughs> no! I'm not having, like, myself be a Nazi dog kicker. I have a career to try and uphold. He's going to be a teacher. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, Christ, could you imagine little yeah. kids kicking dogs and doing the... No, it's like they do a background Jesus. check on you and they're like, so we found out you have a bit of controversial uh, thoughts and you're a Nazi and you don't like dogs, so you can't teach here anymore. <laughs> and you're like, fuck, I banked on this. <laughs> I just get a call from Neil in 10 years being like, yeah, Rob, see that um, podcast that we... <laughs> Uh, you're like no number in the world for. Um, 
Yeah, it's lost me a job, and I'll be like, yeah, no worries, man. You can get a full time position as a host. So yeah, uh, once you're like a once as you're my was oh, it assistant. <laughs> once you're a millionaire from from this job, that's fine. But when I've taken then, his host role, of course, when I've taken the host naturally, role, yeah, you just become the assistant. When I can no longer do it because Rob's trying to tarnish my name and clean yeah. and clean up my national social. That's all he's saying. He just wants to fire you. To be honest with you, he's asking you to step down in secret. That's what's happening. <laughs> the, at, like this point, at this point, I fucking wow. welcome it. <laughs> Yeah, I think this brings Neil more stress than it does. Oh God, it does so much. He's just sitting there like, oh, how's he going to edit this? Is he going to ruin my life this week? Yeah. Really? We have no idea. You have all the power here, Rob. Yeah, no, I am God. I, I yeah. like to take a, <laughs> a submissive position when I'm talking, but in the post-edit, I'm like, I am God. Uh-huh. I have all the power. There's literally been episodes as well where Rob has said something that's not landed. Like, it's not been funny. And, then he's, <laughs> and he's just edited it to put in a laugh track from, from earlier in the episode to wow, make himself sound funnier. That's a fact. <laughs> oh, yeah. And there's some stuff that I've said that's been completely out of order and I've just all you hear is the reaction but uh, I, I don't leave that in because mm-hmm. I'm just here thinking like everyone find that funny and I'm at home like I didn't find it funny why is everyone getting this joke and I'm not yeah. no they don't that's the thing Rob, Rob just clips another laugh track from earlier and drops I'm it just in I'm so good and at it's his own now. laugh as well it's your mm. own laugh you probably clip as well I just think that my laugh's a bit contagious it's just so if it's not funny I'm it's just like funny. laugh uh, right I think uh, that's a good time to uh, hit the next topic Where's the lamb sauce? Come on, man. I just need a... This the lamb Where's the lamb sauce? Right here. Oh, fuck off you, you fat, useless sack of fucking Yankee Danky doodle shite. Fuck off, will you please, yeah? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to... Uh, this, is, this is what the audience has asked for. This is what people have posted on the Instagram questions. And just to show that I do listen to what you guys say, we are going to deep dive... Deep dive into the mind of a dog kicker. What's Sorry, I was trying to do the boys. I sounded Australian. Oh, I was trying to emulate what's it, the guy from the boys, uh, Billy Butcher. Billy Billy Butcher. He, he tries to sound English, but Australian slips in now and then. The best thing about that though is that he, all, like all of his relatives in the show are also Australians <laughs> with the British accent, which is great. But yeah, right. So this fucking dog kicker thing—it that it was you that started it. I'm pretty sure you started it on like an, an episode in season one. And you were just like, uh, new kicks dogs, uh. Victoria, I'd like to hear your take on what 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 might, what brings you to mind when you think of Neil kicking dogs. This is fucking bullshit. I think it's just his whole vibe comes off as like a really nice guy, and you. I think he just has this dark side of like every time he goes on a walk and he sees someone like with a dog on a leash, he's like, I really want to kick it. And I'm like, how? Well, how does that get into your head? I I. I honestly don't like know. Like, how far could you punt a chihuahua? <laughs> <laughs> but Neil, he'll find out. He's got the world record in punting chihuahuas. <laughs> I didn't think I'd hear the sentence, how far could you punt a chihuahua today? <laughs> Come on, you just have to ask yourself, just why, Neil? Like, this is semi an intervention. Is that on your Tinder to, bio? What, how far could you punt a chihuahua? No, just that, you know, you're no, like, no, I really dogs. hate dogs. No, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't kick dogs. I thought I thought this is where we are going to reach this point. I thought, I thought, I thought this was like going to reach boiling point and we're just going to finally finish this. No, like, Neil, I know before we started recording, you were sitting there like, Rob, please, can you just tell people I don't kick dogs so I can, like kick dogs in private but it's not, um, it's not what he's saying I, I don't know like I just feel like we need to overcome this together mm. I'm gonna find the clip 
I feel like there's some deep turmoil here. Because the clip came because I was taking like a liberal stance on something and you were getting upset because it was making you look bad because you were just sitting like a right fucking alt-right incel. <laughs> and you were like, oh yeah, we need to make up some sort of rumour about uh, about Neil to try and ruin him. And you were like, oh yeah, we just claim that he kicks dogs. Everyone likes dogs. And that was it. Yeah. No, okay. Come clean. I think it was like episode four or five. I actually sat there. We were talking about the moral dilemma of... If you were driving a self-automated car, mm. and it was walking towards a family... The car or, was walking. The car was driving... <laughs> I didn't even click that. I know, she was just nodding her head like, mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the car was driving towards the family. You could either program it to steer away from family and preserve them, but you'd run over a dog, or you ignore the family and carry on saving the dog's life. Neil obviously said... He'd run over the dog to save, to save the family of four. Which makes sense. I put the twist on it because I sounded like an incel that was a bit very, very alt-right. Uh, that's, uh, he hates dogs. He kicks dogs. He would rather <laughs> run over a dog than save the dog. And for some reason, that's just caught on. And to be honest, your viewpoint is that you hate everyone else in the world. <laughs> so really, there's no surprise that you would run over the family of four. That's and true. you would save the dog. Because the family of four could, for example, be vegan. Women. They could, <laughs> women. They could, they could, they could be vegan, overweight women. Yes. Okay. And Rob, 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 would probably, Rob would probably turn off the road <laughs> to try and hit. Them. <laughs> and they could Wait. go to Lucas and they could. ice cream Wait. with monkey Please. blood Wait. and a black man. Wait, <laughs> God, Rob, so Rob, Rob, Rob does hate what vegans, overweight women. people, people women. actually think I'm fatphobic, and I'm having a lot of like heavy debates after pods with people who listen to this. I am not fatphobic, but also, can we talk about how can you have someone who's fat and vegan? Is that is that possible? Yes, vegan junk lots food. of fruits and vegetables. Vegan junk food uh, okay, when they're vegan sense. in the wrong way. There you go. Uh, right. Are they but, the true vegans? Are they just not like has-beens? Has-beens. I think they're just trying to hide the fact that they love meat and they're just like going to all the fast food You say meat again. or me? Meat. Mm. Me. me. <laughs> wow. I was like, I was like, I was like, I was like wow, okay. <laughs> um, no, but I was going to say with the car thing, like you have to bear in mind that I know like it's theoretical, but as well, you have no, unless you're like a programmer or unless you are part of the company making the cars as well, if it's an automated thing, no, it's going to do is, whatever it's planned to do before you even decide that you've Yeah, no, the thing, the thing wasn't that you would get to control the car. It was more no, the okay. kind of like, we're kind of discussing the morality of the car actually being yeah. programmed to do it. Because I'm pretty sure the thing that we got into talking about it was that these cars are programmed to kill you in some mm. some situations because it's like, you know... Yeah. It's safer. Yeah, because it's like safer to or basically kill you. Yeah, because it's like, you know, if it is going to basically be you're either going to steer off a cliff or steer it into like a family of four kind of thing, mm -hmm. it will just, you know, make that split second judgment and go woof. See, I did RMPS at school and we learned about the philosopher that came up with, um, it was the basically the philosophy around like the greater good for the most amount of people yeah and it's basically that is what the basis yeah. is but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and it's so funny because it, it's like almost if it got to a point where it was like would you save your family member or would you save 10 people that you don't know and it's yeah. like it would pick the 10 people you don't know and that's such a weird thing to but, think about yeah but obviously but, humans are they're different that's mm, the kind of that that's where the, yeah. the debate in there is that from, from comes in is that also from Mr. Demo Crap? Of from the Philosopher's, Philosopher's Stone. Stone? Yes, it was. Yes, yes. That's yeah. awesome. He's a good Ringing guy. Out. He came Demo, up with everything. Demo Crazy. That's him. Demo Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. AJ e e e Crazy, live and direct. Nice. 
Let's him kick, try and kick the dog next. again. EG, yeah. <laughs> just no. kick the microphone instead. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I <laughs> he just gets a twitch and he just has to. Yeah. I'd like a big laugh track after that. So yeah. Something, something that really landed. Yeah. 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 Big, big laugh track. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. <laughs> really? Okay. Not not a five second pause of silence. Oh, you're gonna do that, aren't you? Oh, you're gonna do that. Just do the cricket sound. You know the cricket. Oh no, no you yeah, will. That, that is a good one. I'll yeah. actually find that on. Uh, yeah, after I mean, all you can't do like it's not videoed, but you could put like hay bales if it was a movie. You yeah. could put hay bales coming through. Yeah. And I like you, Victoria. I knew there was a reason I brought you back. I just love making fun of Neil. Oh really. God, it's, it's so easy. good when I have someone else on my side. <laughs> It's rare, but I do I do relish. Congratulations, Victoria! You're now on side with Rob, the right wing fat phobias. You know <laughs> what? Fat, fat the phobias. stronger side. I still feel he's not. The <laughs> 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 he's the he's the what is it the the guy in charge of this podcast? So I just want him to make me sound good. Yeah, so. <laughs> just putting in the brownie points, so I put in all you the know. good points yeah. and take away take away oh, any unsaid long bit. Should we dive into the social media dilemma? I don't know if any of you have watched the film. I but have. I'm going to go and do a pee first. Yeah, good take uh, a pause here. Sure. Yeah, because sure. is this the stuff about social media? Because this is most of my job, so I can actually talk about this a lot. Okay, fair enough. I don't know what topic we're on. Oh, unpause there. We're on the uh, social yes. media. Oh, right. right, the social media dilemma. Nice film. I was thinking well, we could just touch on this for a couple of minutes. So, what's your take? So, I'm assuming you've watched the film, Neil. Have you? No. So, basically, you know the entire context of it, though. It's basically telling everyone. Well, I don't. I'm not going to say I do. I've not seen it, but I, like I know you, a lot get the, to do with it. Probably just get the gist yeah. the job. Yeah, but it's talk, the entire film just goes talking to length of how all these social media companies are using your data to sort of make a sort of hologram of you with all your interests, your likes, things that you'd click on, things that you hover on just so they can sell that to advertising companies to sell you products, essentially. Yep, yep, yep. yep. And keep you on your phone and on social media as long mm-hmm. as they can mm-hmm. for the entire time that mm-hmm. you have a phone. And the film just sort of goes into details of why they're doing this day collection, how they're doing it, how they're manipulating it, how the AI is basically a shit ton of systems and servers in a cloud in Silicon Valley and most of the people who run these systems don't even know how half of it works they just know how to maintain it at this point yeah yeah it's like the system is adjusting itself yeah it's um, getting more clever mm-hmm. so Neil I'm interested how is this part of your job is that just because of the game stuff you're trying to keep yeah. people engaged all the time so basically yeah as part of that a lot of what we do is more or less using psychology and what is essentially gamification mm-hmm. um, of products to get people to really just be on the games that we make as much as possible. So a lot of the stuff we do is um, using techniques that apps such as you know Instagram, Facebook, all this jazz will use to get you pretty much just hooked yeah. on these apps. So the, the goal for them is really to, it's to make you going on your phone habitual. Right. Yeah. So you, once they get you to just out of habit, start opening your phone. Like if you go, for example, to the toilet, mm-hmm. you instinctively will just pull out your phone and then boom, you've opened Instagram or something. Yeah. And that's the kind of way that it, it works. And once once that happens, they've got you. And also there's the, you know, the, there's the other side as well that's talking about, you know, building up a profile on you and all your interests and everything. But you can actually see that if you've got like an Android phone, especially, which will, or which means you've got a Google account, but you've got a Google account anyway, you can go on and look at it and yeah. it will show, you can actually look at a profile of yourself oh, wow. and it will, like you haven't put this info in, but it builds, it's about you. It'll tell you 
your like demographic, your interests. It'll put you in all these different sections. Yep. That it, you can you, you can you can look into it as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's all basically just around. It all revolves around the same like equation. That's like uh, B equals MAT, which is like behavior equal. So like the desired behavior is a result of your motivation, ability, and trigger. Okay. So in order for you to do a certain behavior or to do a certain action they will then basically give you these three things so the the trigger might be like a notification the ability is just having your phone on you really you're able to do it and the motivation is something that like you know it's that endorphin release that you get from seeing a notification and from seeing that something else is happening and it's just once they've got you in this kind of feedback loop that's you constantly waiting on this next yeah. it's like a cycle yeah. infinite scroll you get stuck in it yeah and the infinite scroll as well is something that got invented and was just it's crazy meant that you can yeah. just keep going so that's, that's where this kind of comes time. from yeah so how do you feel about the game side of things because obviously it's a different tack well it's the same tactics but it's differently deployed so it kind of isn't isn't because for a lot of them it is well they have ads so free free to play one this isn't what i do but like in free to play games for example ones on your phone you know if it's your candy crush type sort of games the ones that are always in the top of the app store that are just yeah. always mm-hmm. the really really basic ones that all just have a really simple concept they're all just ad funded yeah. and all the abs from like ad space and stuff are tailored specifically to you yeah. and that'll just and again they just use your profile and it's all about just exposure to products yeah and in and the longer that you spend playing this game increases your dwell time on this app or mm-hmm. on somebody else's site if you've got to visit as well like especially when you're doing it on like a website or something if you're playing like a game that's kind of the things that i would do at work would be like gambling games really yeah. it'd be like score predictions and super sex all that jazz if you can spend more time on their site you're more likely to for example buy something Mm -hmm. yeah to do this so for you is it also like the reward system in a game like the i don't know if i I don't know you were saying like gambling well so there's games like that but there's so the what the difference is with like eye gaming or gaming in the sense of like it is all gambling that's what you, that's what they call it trying mm-hmm. to make it sound less dodgy yeah um <laughs> like that we're all, not that's, evil like swear yeah like that's all a bit different because you actually are spending money and depositing stuff but yeah. when it's all free to play games and stuff like that where you're not actually purchasing it and it's all microtransactions and things mm-hmm. buying skins that's proven to be you know like a massively bad, successful really. um like marketing strategy because it's just all tiny little payments constantly mm-hmm. and they just make loads and loads of money from it but all but yeah ads 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 is literally yeah. that that's where facebook makes money and like just to let the people know i've deliberately avoided plugging in any ads in any of our podcast episodes because i care about your ears and i care about not plugging anything but my name <laughs> in everything we do it's you just not had anybody offer to sponsor the <laughs> yeah. podcast not yet. yet but i'm waiting for that bluetooth ad i can't wait that'll be the first so corrupt thing of this well the first of many corrupt things in this podcast oh me i was just waiting to say what couple of things is she our guest or is she like the interviewer because i just feel like she's asking us the questions <laughs> i'm just intrigued and responding to well. be honest with rob like with you rob i don't feel i could be wrong but i don't feel like you're a very social media person so i'm quite interested in what you thought 
in general about the thing because my brother as we all know ryan is totally he does not use facebook instagram any of that stuff like so he just doesn't he's one of very few people i know that are like that but i think i get that vibe from you rob well that is surprising i I thought i was maybe a bit too much on social media oh yeah i would completely disagree with you i would have said that i'm probably one of the people that's like quite clued and maybe it's because i don't post much about myself i guess like on my personal accounts i don't really have much activity but comes to like the pod insert at my digress i'm pretty much on that all the time plugging that everywhere Plug. the the meme page can't even underscore the left plugging the podcast but, on the uh, podcast is ridiculous he's reaching new levels of market it's, yeah it's so bad but he's scraping the barrel i think i just like to watch it's like people watching at the window i just like yeah. to have social media to see what other people are doing yeah. and i'd rather plug an idea than myself because yeah, it's just as as it's hard enough for people to believe i'm not that vain yeah i guess okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah come off it that laugh wow, just fucking ends all. <laughs> uh, but now what i was thinking is just that like, social media is crazy how they can even predict when you're sad or you've just had a recent breakup yeah or know exactly where you are or even the start sort of trends that you might be into just following things that you've bought on amazon or well i actually quite like to go on and i'll turn off like personalized ads Mm. like as much as i can on like every site kind of thing and you can deny like you know so many cookies for different things that track you know what websites you jump to yeah and there's like you know like i i I try just to kind of air a principle and be out of curiosity to kind of like deny them all the kind of rights to track everything that i do but still like you could be we could be sitting here and if we talked about going just picked up like yeah like if we if we talked about going away i don't know on holiday to spain or something and we talked about spain enough times Mm -hmm. or going to a certain place you you would get ads on your phone for it like it just knows crazy and that would be a great opportunity to slide into a vpn ad i'm just saying like the opportunity (laughs) is there we could be talking about i don't know vpn express way and it'd be so good you know nord Nord vpn nord vpn come on people if you're listening i've got i've got the potential here just give us something (laughs) you could have at least six listeners (laughs) hear these ads (laughs) in different countries I think that's a good time for us to move into our favorite segment. Favorite? Wow. Where's the lamb sauce? Come on, man. I just need a... This is the lamb sauce. Where's the lamb sauce? sauce. Right here. Fuck off you, you fat, useless sack of fucking Yankee danky doodle shite. Fuck off, will you please, yeah? I don't like this. Tori is too comfortable in this now. I love how she just throws the layups and I'm just fucking dunking. Dunk. I'm yeah. just like, yeah. That love. Oh, I'm loving this. She's missing the layups and you're just having to clean up your ass. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, it's the moment you have been waiting for. It is Neil segment. Cue the music. I'm going to think of something now, aren't I? <laughs> you could go then. on and then have a... Think last year. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, I, like, we can literally remove this this bit here. Oh, okay. we remove. It. There's like background music playing along this as well. Oh, or so. there, there will be rather when I come up with something. Um, which, yeah. This week, I literally have come completely. That's a lot. I love this. 
But normally I'm quite good at coming up with something, but this week I yeah. just got to read, you got? read nothing. We could just say your segment is the longest and wankiest coffee orders. I thought you were just going to leave it there. <laughs> longest and wankiest. <laughs> the longest, and wankiest. the <laughs> longest and wankiest. I'm like, wow, Victoria. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know what? To be fair, that is quite a good one because I, I could just say that is what I was laughing at. Do we, do we talk about that? I swear we talked about this. No, no, already. see, this is, you're getting confused between off pod and just on. Just me and you having discussions. Yeah, see, the uh, thing is, okay. we have yeah, too many yeah, discussions. Yeah, yeah. That we should record, but we don't. Fair. Yeah. But yeah, no. Right, okay, cool. I'll do it. Okay, fair. Right, anyway, Rob, um, you can start recording from about now. You can just remove everything that was on there before. We're just going to yawn and then we'll go. <laughs> it's a future Rob. Yeah, I'm talking to future Rob yeah. just now. Really, really confuses him. Hey, future Rob. How you doing, man? Just send me a text. Just, uh, just ask me how I'm doing. See what's up. Anyway, right. So, yes. So, as always, I've come very prepared for this and I'm not just, you know, coming up with this from the top of my head. So, Rob and I were actually um, in a Costa not that long ago, and we decided to get a coffee, as you do when you're in Costa, and I thought that we had a really awkward order. Like, I thought we'd gone over and above and been really, really wanky with what we ordered. I think you got like a soya hazelnut latte, is oh, that right? Oh, when I walk in, I'm Sorry, like, vegan. <laughs> Now, <laughs> I've actually switched it. Your mum has had an influence on me. I've sat there and I was like, Hi, attendant, I'll have an attendant. oat milk latte with hazelnut syrup stirred three times. What you're saying is my mum my, my has made you change your order now. Yeah, I yeah. actually, if you go to Victor Hugo's yeah. and have the oat milk there with a bit of hazelnut syrup, is it good? And I'll say it's so fucking good. It. It's so good. I feel it. like such a basic bitch when I'm ordering. I'm like, yes, uh, oat milk, please. Well, that's that's kind of back to the point. So then, what I had was I had a. I decided to treat myself as well. I got a vanilla decaf latte, right? Wow, okay. Because I like to drink decaf. Mm-hmm. I'm the and same. I but I then I then realized I was like I said to the girl that was in the tell I was like, can we get that? I was like, sorry, it's a really awkward order. She was like, no. Trust me, I've that had is. Worse. She was like, that is nowhere near as bad. And she was talking to us, being like, you know, we get. You know, there's people that have shots of this and that. There's people that um, people that ask for like wet lattes, and we were like, you can get wet. She's wet? like, yeah. She's like, wet just means like less foam oh, and right, dry, okay. and you can get dry ones as well. But like and anyone that knows anything about making coffees, mm-hmm. most of the difference comes between like basically if you've got foam on it or not, or how much yeah. foam there is. So I, I was, I was kind of saying, I was like, so if it isn't getting like a wet cappuccino, just like get it a latte. And she was like, yeah, pretty much. But people just order it, and you can't. And you can't tell them off. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Basically, what I want to know is just have you ever one? Do you have a really awkward mm-hmm. Starbucks order? And two, have you ever felt really, really bad? Uh, have you ever felt bad or awkward ordering something somewhere and being really specific? So I can probably say quite a bit on this because, as everyone knows, I'm dairy free and gluten free. So whenever I go I'm out. Vegan. No, but whenever I try to be, <laughs> whenever I go You're out and order something. You're also a basic white girl. Yeah. Just the, yeah. Are you on the yeah. pumpkin so, spice lattes yet? Or? Not yet. Mm, not okay. yet. But the thing is, is whenever I go out for food, I actually, I was so self-conscious about going out for food for, with people before because. You're so tall. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, the table would not be big enough to fit me. <laughs> Shut up, Rob. <laughs> I forgot you, I forgot you are really tall. It's because you're sitting God. down. I know, right? I can't, you can't I know. See Also, I've got the whole sofa to myself, so you I can't know. really. I know, who has a sofa It's just like in an armchair bedroom. to me, really. Um, but basically, so. Whenever I go out, it's when I have to order something, you know, I have to say, oh, can I have this? And then I'm like, and a gluten-free bun, and vegan cheese, 
and this and that. And then, so in Starbucks, it's like, I actually don't drink coffee and caffeine. I don't really have, but when I'm get when I start having decaf, so I say, oh, can I have a decaf? And then I'm like, I don't know whether I want a latte or not, because I don't really know the difference. And then I'm like, I'll just have a latte. And then I'm like, oh, with soya milk. And then I'm like, okay, that's as complicated as it gets. But I've heard people I know get, not people I'm like, close with or anything but people have just because we you wouldn't be close coffee. to people that have awkward coffee no orders. yeah of course like who Disgusting. wants to be friends with them but they'll go in and people order weird things like they'll get a uh like a pumpkin spice latte but they're like sugar free and then they're like but add in extra whipped cream and then caramel <laughs> syrup on top and they're like but can you make it with soy milk and i'm like how does that make sense because you're having you're asking for a skinny latte with extra syrup and whipped cream with soya milk, Sugar-free. which is not dairy. F- yeah. That's dairy free, but the whipped cream isn't. And it's like how it's like I want to save the cows, but I like yeah, cream. yeah. But you know, I've always I've felt like quite a lot of shame whenever I've ordered something because I I feel like I am being difficult and I've tried to apologise. I'm like I'm so sorry, but this is what I want. And I'm sorry, yeah. but. I actually came up with a good quote before. I don't know if anyone's seen the movie um, You've Got Mail. Oh, yes. that's so ages ago. Tom that. Hanks, is that? So there's a really good quote from it, it that I love. And it was like, I'll just say it. The whole purpose of places like Starbucks is for people with no decision-making ability whatsoever to make six decisions just to buy one cup of coffee. Short, tall, light, dark, calf, decaf, low-fat, non-fat. So people who don't know what the hell they're doing or who on earth they are can, for only three ninety-five, get not just a cup of coffee but an absolutely defining sense of self tall decaf cappuccino and i was like how real is that like people can make that specific an order and that will like that can make their day if they get it i think it right. that's part yeah. of the reason that i like subway so much because you can pick just and telling it. someone to put the meat in your sub no just because i can because I, I can make it how i like but, but but because they encourage you to do it i think i feel better about it whereas in starbucks or whatever else i would go in and be like just the latte is fine I think you'd make a great dom. I think you just need, need that submissive person in your life to be like, yes, master, mm-hmm. what would you like in your five honey bread Italian 12 inch? I'll have a chicken pizziola, please. <laughs> oh, that's good, by the way. Yeah. And they start drinking vegan cheese. See, that's why I don't think I'd be very sexy as a dom because they'd be asking me to order a pizza, they asked me to order a sub and I'd be like, just a tuna melt's all right, actually, that's fine. <laughs> Can you even have Subway? Um, I can now. So they have like gluten-free subs, which is amazing, but I don't go enough. Like I've went once in the past three years, um, but no, they have, uh, they have all the gluten-free and vegan stuff, but I think it's when people point stuff out. So my diet's quite specific. So when people say to me, oh, but you do know this has this in it. And I'm like, I know, I'm just, <laughs> I just want the vegan cheese. Thank you. Yeah, like yeah. it's when people question it. I'm like, at times, yeah, their order's difficult, but they've also just asked for it. So don't mm. question it. Cause I think some people can be just let them live their life. You know, yeah, they're not yeah, doing any yeah. harm at the end of the day. It's like, I didn't ask for this. Leave me alone. Yeah. Can I, can I just eat my food, please? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd definitely love to go into a coffee place and just be like, uh, can I have a wet, kind of dry, double shot Cortado mm. with uh, oat milk dash of whipped cream while looking at the soya milk? Mm. <laughs> And the steam at exactly <laughs> 60 degrees because I don't want the milk to be too burnt. That's, I will notice the difference. Yeah, people actually do like temperature checks. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, well, but if the barista just doesn't follow it and then they go and give it to them, they're like, oh, this is amazing. I'm like, I didn't. That's a barista. People come into the ice cream shop demanding a wet coffee at exactly what? 56 degrees. And I'm like looking at them just sort of holding this pot and being like, I, I measure with my hand. Yeah. yeah, when I used to make coffees in, in like the bar, especially like during the kind of fringe when you'd have families coming in and stuff, 
they'd be like, can I get three lattes and a cappuccino? I'm like, yeah, sure. And you best believe they all got the exact same yeah. coffee. But one of them had chocolate on top. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just like cappuccino. Yeah, I remember like... I used to work in a, um, in a deli and a woman came in and she was like, oh, can I have a latte? And I made the latte and I gave it to her. And then she came over and she was like, this has got milk in it. I'm like, that's what a latte is, hun. Yeah. And then she was like, uh, it's not strong enough. Like it's really milky. And I was like, I was like, oh, do you want an extra uh, shot? Latte, and she was like, yeah, add an extra salt. So I did it and I had to charge her for it. And she was like, you're actually going to charge me. I was like, yes, I have to charge everyone for <laughs> yeah. an extra shot. I'm like, a latte has milk in it. <laughs> oh, I don't understand. You think people would wise up with these decisions? Yeah, I think people place too much importance on what coffee they're going to go out and get. Like, I am not a caffeine drinker and I just find it hilarious when people are that specific about... Well, it's like pe- people ask me for like white Americanos. Yeah. Like an Americano is just a black coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Americano, white Americanos is black coffee with milk like in white, it, surely. Yeah, like, that's me. It's, yeah. it's like... A, it's like a black coffee familiar. So therefore it's not a black coffee anymore. Yeah. You just say you just get like a white coffee. Oh, you think that's good when they ask for an Americano and then pour the milk in and then realize that milk is cold, thus uh curdle. Right? You know, no, like reducing oh. the temperature of the Americano, making oh. it slightly mm-hmm. lukewarm, mm-hmm. and they go, My coffee's not warm enough. You know, oh you, my you, you, goodness! You just put milk in it. You, you've yeah. just the, the milk is cold. Down, yeah. What were you expecting? And I like, don't know what you want from me. <laughs> and they're like, "Can you make my coffee hotter?" I'm like, "It, it, it comes out the warm temperature. <laughs> it comes out <laughs> hot, and now it's not." <laughs> I bought it Honestly, customers, <laughs> the general public, like, almost, gotta love them. <laughs> I'm almost giving them like a physics lesson. Be like, if I boil this water anymore, <laughs> it will evaporate. <laughs> Uh, do you want no coffee anymore. You can sniff the coffee. <laughs> yeah. Just sniff it. <laughs> Get Gas. the vapor. No coffee for you. <laughs> just, just open the bean bag and just like smell the bean fumes and Brilliant. be like, that's good, that's good. Well, that's probably enough of that. Yeah. yeah. Let us move on. Next topic. Where's the lamb sauce? Come on, man. I just need a... This is lamb Where's the lamb sauce? Right here. Oh, fuck off you, you fat, useless sack of fucking Yankee Danky doodle shite. Fuck off, will you please, yeah? I've just decided that we're going to talk about the former Australian Prime Minister because, and in fact, due to this whole Brexit thing that we kind of have going on in the sidelines where we might be breaking international law, who knows, it's um, the head of our trade negotiations with future prospects like Japan and America and probably China is going to be the former Australian Prime Minister, the amazing guy that he is. That was sarcasm for anyone who can't tell. I'm not that far right. What's his name? Tom Abbott. Is it Tom Abbott? Tony Abbott. That's the one. That's him. This is, uh, this is the guy who was like... A climate change denier and oh, yeah. stuff, yeah. right? Yeah, and he was like, he was like, quite bad for being like um, really against like that, like the, the, the Aborigines and stuff in Australia. Mm-hmm. I'm pulling this like out Mars. I don't actually know much about him, but I just I I like- I've heard. I looked it up and he was, yeah, he taught, he called climate change absolute crap. And apparently he's um, been blamed for like homophobic, misogynist, racist views. And, but then his sister spoke up, obviously it's his sister, but his sister is a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And she spoke up and she was like, he's not any of these things. It's just him making it out to be. So to be honest, I actually looked this up just before I came, but it was really interesting because he is very good at what he does. And what, like being it's been proven. Racist, no, um, trade deals. <laughs> like, ah, no, like, he's so very that, good at being racist. Um, so that's why you think that, you, that, we, that we should have him. No, Victoria, I'm it? not put like mm-hmm. don't put words. In my head. <laughs> I'm like, 
you know, he's very clearly very good at his job and he's going to do something good for the UK, but it's how we are going to be portrayed because of his views and because of how he would go about it is mm. the worrying thing. Yeah, so apparently the, he's against abortion. Do you want me to read that? Oh, yeah, I think so, you can read exactly his quote. Oh, so it says, basically, abortion is the easy way out. It's hardly surprising that people should choose the most convenient exit from awkward situations, which, you know... Obviously, as a woman. I think I'll let you take this one, Victoria. I... Nice, Rob. Good choice. I'm totally against that statement. But again, the thing is, is that this trade deal is so important to us because of our economy at the minute. That I'm like, you know, we we need someone who's good at their job, but it's how they're going to be portrayed. And it's almost if he will let his personal beliefs get in the way of him doing a job. Um, Yeah. Because at the end of the day, all we are asked is to do a job without getting our personal beliefs into it i'd hoped he i think yeah it's mad because i mean no doubt he managed to get into the australian office through some form of education and knowing kind of what he's doing but well, it's probably just through some form of nepotism it really is yeah it really always is but there is always um, that and it's just there is things that he cannot remove from history that he has said openly in parliament that he is against abortion that he has spoken against gay marriage that he literally went out his way to try and make sure it still remains abolished in in australia what gay marriage yeah and also spoke out against women in a very misogynistic way i'm just trying to see if i can actually find some of the quotes that he said in against women and even even when the news bbc media tried to ask politicians of this country to say, do you support some of the things that he said in the past? They kind of try and gloss over it and be like, yeah, but he's good at trade negotiations, so we're going to pay him a lot because he's good at this one thing. And, you know, just just gloss over all the bad stuff and shitty things that he said and uh, move on. Yeah. yeah. I think that the most important thing is that people do, you know, he's the stuff he said has been very recent. But in a general aspect, if someone has said stuff in the past and they don't believe it anymore, why should they still be condemned for something they used to believe if they now are acting to change it? Obviously, he's not acting to change it. Um, but in a wider aspect, if that was the case, then... Yeah, I agree that people yeah. should, you know, obviously be in their but, to change, but it doesn't seem like this guy No, has, it doesn't seem uh, like it. Been, yeah. that, been that way at all. But like, it, I think in the same aspect, it is, the trade deal is so important because of the situation we are in. And I'm not saying that he's a perfect guy for it, but we need to consider the option of him. Would you be in favour of Tony Abbott leading our trade negotiations? I don't think I'm informed enough on it to actually make a decision, but because I, I literally have just been reading articles today. I think Boris is doing a swell job. God, I swear you guys are trying to out-controversial. <laughs> 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 what is going- one minute you're like well you know he's good at trade you think Boris is good enough nah I actually don't like Boris on wink but like <laughs> um, nah yeah I'm just saying I don't, I don't know anything about like yeah. international politics and Brexit negotiation honestly when it comes to politics and trade negotiations and all that sort of business it literally is just how people see you and how yeah. they define you You'd be surprised how countries can fall economically based on just the feel a prime minister or president has on whoever the negotiator is. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love trade negotiations. Like, that is the only reason I watch Star, Star Wars. Wars Episode 1, The Phantom what? Menace. Is it in Star Wars? In the Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. Trade negotiations. There's so much trade, trade and trade negotiation. Wow. You know, like, that's, that is a key but driver of the plot. The Trade Federation... And and the Republic are trying to organise this, you know, and they're and they're blockading trade routes and everything. Oh God, it's just 
You God, can cripple I love, an entire nation. I love For Galact- anyone listening, this is going right over my head. I love galactic <laughs> politics, don't we all? What, what do kids love? Politics. Politics. Oh, that is oh, the only thing that you it. need in your life. The taxation of the taxation of, of, of trade routes. Like, oh. Because the, the thing is, when we have someone like this leading our trade negotiations, I just can't imagine any country that's progressive like New the Zealand would want to even have chats with a man who's had beliefs like this. See, I'm not going to lie. From his, he's just so, um, there's a quote here saying about energy is what sustains our prosperity and coal is the world's principal energy source and it will be for many de- decades come. I agree with that. Because it as is, an energy student, no, would you want to as a as a thing like we can't deny the importance of fossil fuels at the minute. It's like we cannot switch to totally sustainable. Like it's not feasible at the moment. Um, what about nuclear can, power? What's your view on nuclear power? Hmm. I think that when it's utilized well, it's going well. So Rolls Royce do nuclear power. But the thing is, is that I you know it's not actually realistic to say everything should just be sustainable because we need to do it in slow steps. But then his further comment. So I agree on that part of the comment. But the earlier one was like coal is everything to us. Basically, he was basically making a point that. Coal is good for humanity. Coal is good for prosperity. Coal is an essential part of our economic future here in Australia and right around the world. And it's like, yeah, at the minute, that's what we've relied on so heavily, but it's not part of the future. Like, it's not a no. key part at the moment. It's, you know, everyone's trying to change it. All companies like BP recently announced some changing to totally energy-based rather than focusing on oil and gas tech. And I'm like, that is massive from True. such a big company. So. I can't wait till we live in a world where a Dyson tube is actually fundamental to our entire living, where they try and create something that can absorb the energy of the sun. I don't know if you've seen the Kurtzk Act video on it. it You're is... talking about Spider-Man 2, basically, as well. Because <laughs> that's, that's what, that's what Otto Octavius like, does in Spider-Man like, 2. Doc Ock was ahead of his time. He, he was did. He actually be... an eco-warrior. Yeah, he basically got <laughs> slight unlimited energy because he basically yeah. has, a, has his own mini sun. No, but that is the way forward if we actually want something sustainable and somewhat green to the planet if we don't want to rely on fossil fuels mm. because the sun is the closest thing we have to unlimited energy especially for a growing population i would exactly. say exactly no yeah but who knows i mean this is all just conjecture yeah. this is all opinions i mean we could be wrong he could be really good for us could be really bad for us guess, it is. guess just we'll find out find out guessing game tune in next episode where <laughs> our economy <laughs> crashes if we survive <laughs> I'm actually wanting to do like a Christmas special just to be like, so we survived 2020. Uh, Let's see how this goes on in our post-apocalyptic world. Where's the lamb sauce? Come on, man. I just need a... This the lamb sauce. Where's the lamb sauce? Right here. Fuck off you, you fat, useless sack of fucking Yankee danky doodle shite. Fuck off, will you please, yeah? Right, we're going to move on to our next topic, which is, this is basically the part where things get a little bit more poignant. Mm. Well, throwback, going to use it correctly this time. It is something that the people wanted. Again, I'm trying to be reflective of your opinions on Instagram. They do matter, at my digress. Fuck. (laughs) It is the segment where we talk about our insecurities. And this is going to be hard. I don't know how hard anyone wants to go in, but who wants to start? Any volunteers? I'm happy to go if if we're... Fire away. So, that's quite a wide, like, topic, obviously, that you had mentioned to us before, our insecurities. So, I mean, I, from a very young age, struggled with my, like, self-image. Like, I, I kind of, like, when I was young, I got bullied a lot for, like, the way I look and... Your, um, and your, and your enormous height. In my enormous height. Yeah. And it 
ruined friendships I had, it ruined, well they turned out not to be friends but it made me skip school, I wouldn't go into school, I was so ill from it that I had to move school. Like it was so intense that it happened ever since, till I was about 16, 17. Um, and that's from, it started maybe when I was nine. So having it for that long a time and having, being so, people not liking you for how you look was really intense. And I think now I'm probably, I've never been confident because of that. Um, people say to me, again, I think we spoke about it earlier, but people yeah. say to me, I come across quite confident in myself, but when it comes down to it, I'm not, like I'm really not, there um, and I think that the, the way I come confident is because I just like to involve people and I like talking to people because I know how shit it is to not be made to feel like someone wants to hang out with you so for me it's like I want to go and talk to as many people because of that but yeah it's it's quite a big thing for me I've just That's never rough. really liked the way I look so <laughs> what was the kind of things that people would say to you um, I mean, it was just like standard, you're ugly, you're this and that, but it wasn't necessarily the name calling. It was like actually just the fact that it was friends treating you like shit because of all of it and then eventually just flipping on you and excluding you kind of thing. So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't just your standard name calling. It was like a big just relationship shitness, I guess. So yeah. There's one thing I always wondered though, is that something that happened to such a young age to yourself do you think that played a, played a key role in the thing you do now and so for instance some of the stuff you do to try and encourage other girls going into stem subjects do you think this is like been a driver for you in a weird sort of twisted way i think in a weird way because i think again as i said anyone i don't like anyone feeling like they're not worthy of something so i'm the person who hates falling out with anyone i hate people feeling shit about themselves and i'm like 100 percent there for anyone who needs it but it's it's been great because in a way i think i'm a better person from it but i know how much it's affected my mental health like how much I'm not happy with who I am and I've been trying to come to terms with that for such a long time that yeah I'm just I'm a better person because of it but I'm also struggling through it still so but in a way I think it was also the fact that people didn't like the fact that I was so academic like I've, I was yeah. very invested in the studies like I was invested in sport I did a lot of guy stuff like basketball and I had big brothers so I kind of like I've been used to being, it's, it's just so bad because we talked about it earlier, but a boy's girl. Like I like, <laughs> I don't get involved in like petty drama. I hate talking about people in that way. I hate that sort of stuff. And people had never got used to the fact I didn't gossip. People never got used to the fact I don't um, like the same girly things as everyone else. No. And that's been, you know, now my friends understand it, but yeah, it's taken a long time of like reckoning, you could say. So yeah. It's madness. It is, it is something that is hard to unpick. Is there anything that you could say to anyone who's listening to this, maybe in a early stage of it? Like, how did you overcome some of this? I know it's con continuous yeah. journey, probably not even yeah. reached the final post, if you'll ever will. Mm -hmm. Try and be optimistic about that. But anything that you could say to people just to say, to take it in the way you have, mm -hmm. taking it on your stride and try and encourage those who maybe feel the way you did. I think that, again, I haven't overcome it. Like, I am so insecure with my body or like anything I'm doing. But I think in a way that if I could, if you're going through a hard time, it's like the best thing you can do is make sure that anyone else going through that doesn't feel as lonely as you did. So try and take it as I'm, I know how they feel and I want to make sure that I can be that person that's there for them through it. Yeah. Um. So in the end, like, there's not much I can say other than 
at some point there'll be a positive that comes from it there's always a silver lining and it might just take a while to get through it but it's so hard when you're in that bit like I moved to school because of it I couldn't go to school I missed class I did all this stuff and it was like so hard for me so yeah it's not a big choice I mean I definitely don't take the other route of become the bully and yeah, do make fun of everyone for yeah. all the insecurities you have yourself. Well, you, see, you see, it's funny yeah. you kind of say that because even like on a similar sort of vein, like when I was in high school, I think I was like probably like third year sort of thing, maybe like second year actually. Mm-hmm. I was like, I wasn't very popular and I kind of like, I didn't really have like a big sort of group of friends at that point. I had like a, I had like a few that were kind of like mates that I still have now, but it was more like I was like, I used to be like a total swat in school. And I was quite a goody two shoes anyway. But I remember like in an effort to kind of be more accepted by like the cooler kids, if you will, and to be kind of, just to be a bit more popular, mm-hmm. I remember like deliberately getting things wrong. It sounds really like big headed, but like, no, I... but like, you know what I mean? Like the third year, second year of school, like wasn't that hard. It was yeah. quite like, like task kind of thing. But yeah, I, I remember deliberately getting things wrong and trying to fit in more and trying to be like, do that just so that the people I now look back I couldn't give a fuck about them but yeah. like so that they would like me more and I would mm. be seen as less of a, because you're kind of seen like an outcast if you're just like a SWAT and you're just getting everything right and you know what I mean yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean don't get me wrong as I got older I was definitely not able to do that in any <laughs> like to be effortlessly smart but like yeah like for first year actually high school yeah I was just like I, I was just finding school easier but yeah I definitely did do that and looking back like I don't know kind of thing like because obviously it's shaped my life, I suppose, because maybe like, maybe some of the friendships that I did make were as a result of making that choice. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I like to think I've got good friends now, like, you know, that's not built on, obviously. it's not built on lies kind of thing. But I'm like, yeah, if I was to go back and like not do that kind of thing, would it change mm. a lot? So that was like, that's a, why you have to ask yourself. Because I sit there and say the choices you made, people don't give enough credit to people in high school on how hard it is mm. yeah. and you trying to fit in is like part of the navigation and like yeah. you making those choices and learning from it and then well, yeah. becoming you now I think you're that. you're a product of your mistakes as well as your successes yeah. you know yeah, for sure and I think that the other thing is that when so when I kind of like relate to that I kind of lost a bit of who I was because I didn't know for so long what people liked mm-hmm. and it was like trying to find out who what people would like about me but also what I would be happy with yeah. being in the f- like now still and it's quite interesting because it's so easy to become a bit like what is it like a mold like whoever you're around you fit what yeah. they like about yeah, you or, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and it is I think at the end of the day it's so important to remember what is important to you so what morals you have there's a certain like, amount of that I think though that's just natural like for yeah, example for sure. you know some people are, are slightly different around like you know say friends from home mm-hmm. friends from work that sort mm-hmm. of thing like, like, yeah there's like a certain amount yeah. of you like you know changing anyway depending on who you're around but that's mm-hmm. just influence but yeah but I think changing to get people to like yeah, that's yeah. Like not, the negative yeah. part because at the end of the day it's still you and it's not you trying to be someone else that you're having to consciously think about yeah. to try and impress them or get mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. votes or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like literally trying to become water and just fitting into whatever container you're thrown into. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, that's so trying. And this is why I've developed 12 personalities to cope with every single situation. Because I have no idea who I am. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I hide behind the mask. <laughs> Nobody cared who I was until I put on the mask. 
It's so true. What's it's the, mad. What's the game part? Oh, we're getting on to that. We're getting on to that. I actually feel like my, my insecurities are almost non-important, to be honest. I think... I um, Why? Well, not to get into any deep ones, because I feel like this isn't long enough. Definitely need a pod episode for that. Uh-huh. But... Um, I think one of my biggest things here is that all of my close friends know about is my nipples, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is it is it does spark humor for a lot of people. But I know it sounds silly and a lot of people don't understand it. But it's one of those that I during puberty, it's like I've looked into it and it's the official name for it is like gy- gynoplasty, where it's like you get a sort of. It's almost like a feminine trait when there's too much um, what's it estrogen around the body when you're going through puberty. Mm-hmm. And basically you get inflammation of like the nipples yeah. around areolas, <laughs> that's the one. And essentially when I was younger, I was a little bit chubbier and I didn't really know what a gym was. So it was a lot more prominent. I just basically had man boobs and growing up that's always just kind of... if you will. Boobs. And you know, the jokes always prevail and uh, that kind of stuck with me for a while. And every now and then, I, I'm never happy with like, even if I try and get like pecs or do bench or anything like that, I'm never happy with the way it looks. I think they look too big or too prominent. When I wear shirts going out, I always try and wear shirts to cover it up. Mm-hmm. Even went to as far as getting tape for it at once. But it's, um, yeah, no, it's kind of something I try and take in stride when people sort of make fun of it or whatever. Or, I know, I got big prominent nips. That's fine. I can cut glass you in got, the winter. You just, just got to own them, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say something that's actually something that I didn't bring up that actually relates that a lot. I... So I have like a stomach thing um, and it's like a stomach condition thing. And for so long, like I would not wear bodycon dresses, not wear um, specific things going out. I would have like in the morning, have a plan for the whole day so that I could go out at night and feel comfortable. Would never, um, sometimes I would get so upset about it getting ready that I just would end up not going out, letting people down, feeling so self-conscious about it, not going to the gym because of how I felt. And yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys have my Finsta, but like frequently, I because I get so ill from it, I have to just go to bed. Like, And I'm in bed for the whole day. If I go out for a meal in the morning, I could be in bed till the next morning. Um, nothing fixes it. And it's like knowing it, literally controls your life like how you feel about something like a bit like your nipples you're like you're kind of you're deciding all your decisions are based on how it's gonna look and And it's so it's it's crazy how much it can control you it's weird how like 80 percent of your life can just be taken over by one small thing that everyone else can overlook and just be like oh don't worry about it it's fine you barely notice it or whatever and it's just like you don't know how much mm. you're inside your own head and yeah, it's all about perspective sure. i guess try to understand others as perspectives for me even like going on sorry even well, going on like for you it's probably like even going swimming or something it's probably like a big thing last for me it's like going on a holiday with like my friends or a day trip away is something i am still trying to figure out how to do and feel okay with it so or even going to uni for all day it's yeah. It's just something we're all trying to learn about and I trying mean, to cope with. I ourselves. need to first learn how to swim, and then I'll get conscious <laughs> okay. about that. You are a terrible swimmer. Yeah. Hey, uh, tread water. That's fine. <laughs> oh, you should see him water. try to tread water. Oh my it's god, hilarious. It's not I'm elegant. A, I'm better at swimming than treading water. That's, that's yeah, Rob tried tread. It's basically just like he just kind of just flails his limbs. Oh my goodness. I don't understand it. People are like, do this, and I'm like, I am doing this, and it's just sinking. I just keep sinking. And it's just like, yeah, okay, make it look easy, whatever. <laughs> but no, that that is pretty much <laughs> try and overcome your insecurities. But this, what you were talking about, the mental health game. I'm gonna put in a little slot wheel type thing okay. in the background. Okay, go Essentially, ahead. it's 
this game that when we look at the medical professional, we're looking at physicalities, we've come strides, bounds. You break a leg, people got a cast for you, people can put on anything and fix your bones and whatever. But when it comes to mental health, I feel like we haven't actually taken it seriously until the last 20 years. God forbid you were diagnosed with bipolar in 1990 or 80, to be honest. You'd probably just be thrown in asylum because people thought you were crazy. Mm -hmm. And just slap you with as much morphine as they can to, be, to calm you down. And I feel like it's just not changed that much yeah. for the mental health. Especially in America, depending on what assurance you have, they'll just sit here and be like, So, what mental health disorder do you have? Spin the wheel. <laughs> Personality disorder! <laughs> Throw the dart and then they'll be like, okay, let's see, what, what uh, medication are we going to prescribe you yeah. for the rest of your life? And Oxycontin! Uh -huh. There we go. Uh, it might have the side effect of you craving heroin. Mm -hmm. but you know, Or becoming really depressed and it's like that is another mental health yeah, disorder. Yeah, you've got three additional things mm -hmm. to worry about now, but you know, like your anxiety's gone, so... Yeah. I'm not going to lie, fine. I was on... <laughs> I was just going to say that um, it's so funny because as much as, you know, it's important that people realise that they are, sh what they're struggling relates to something and there's a sense of what is causing it. I think the other thing is that it's not forever. Like a lot of it is that medication. I don't, like I went on anxiety medication for a while, but it literally put me in bed all day and night, yeah. like for like the amount of time I was taking it. And it was, it's knowing that you know, the best thing you can do is try, I mean, there are cases where you need to go to the doctor and like get that little bit of extra help, but self-help is the first and foremost most important thing. Cause when people have, sometimes are diagnosed with like anxiety or like depression, they cling on to it a lot. And they're like, that is defining me now. And I'm like, no, it doesn't, you can over, well, overcome it to an extent as much as possible yeah. or learn to I think, handle. yeah, a good way to look at it is you can learn to, live with it and deal with it a lot better and it does become a lot smaller mm -hmm. and it becomes a lot less of something that controls you to a point yeah. i think as well you know people as you're saying the self-help is very important you need to do what you can to sort of alleviate symptoms of it and such as well mm -hmm. and you can reach a point where you kind of you know forget that you have these things but mm -hmm. there is also absolutely no like shame and you shouldn't shy away from if you yeah, feel like you know sure. if you are struggling i think there's a good thing to even consult like a, a doctor or whatever mm -hmm. else because they can then advise you yeah. like what what they think as well because there's nothing there's 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 no shame there's nothing wrong with yeah. getting medication for things as well mm -hmm. for example you can do sometimes you can do all these self-help things and they will help a bit but sometimes you just need that little extra yeah, to kick sure. you and to push you in the right direction kind of thing especially yeah. given especially at a time like this when there's you know bloody pandemic covid yeah. brexit yeah, things going on all over the show world so. disasters i think that's it it's important to realize all the environmental factors so i mean like as much as you can say oh it's something to do with me it's like like so my family like i'm going through a really hard time just um there's a lot of stress is coming from my environment uni my family and stuff like that and it's like all that actually takes so much out of you and it's like it's so important to realize how much you're dealing with how much you're dealing with at that time and how to give yourself a bit of slack as well and say even though you might not feel like you're going through a lot of stuff externally it does take its impact on you as well yeah and I think it's like important is what Neil says as well just look at medication as that mm -hmm. booster that you need to be yourself and find that yeah. method 
that will help you in the long term. Also, there's hundreds of different like medications for different things. Like I know yeah. Rob was saying earlier on, like there's you know, there's some stuff where it is just like you know you feel like it's a bit of a like a wheel spin, but like for various different conditions there are lots of like if you for example were to go on like an antidepressant mm-hmm. there's like various various different types that you can go on it's like the, the first one you go on you might not like it might not mm-hmm. help you but but there are other ones and you can still try more and more and did you and you know ideally then they make you feel better and most times they will like that's the thing i've, I've always said you know you never yeah. hear you never hear stories or in the news or anything else that that are about people who just have you know mental conditions and then will get on with it and kind mm. of make the most of it because that's not newsworthy yeah all that you ever it's hear about are the, the bad stuff all the, the depressing thing. nature of everything yeah like yeah. that's and that is the kind of thing so it's trying not to get bothered with that and think that it's you know this is it and it's just going to get worse from there because it's you, yeah. that's the thing the, the point is you never you, like people just people just doing their best and people just mm-hmm. carrying on and managing stuff fine mm-hmm. don't make the news yeah. they're not they're not interested in, they're, they're not they don't feed the kind of toxic mm-hmm. news feedback that we're fed so i think the other thing is that to realize that you know in life everyone's main goal is to be happy and just to enjoy mm-hmm. whatever time they have and I think that well, you know if you need to and to have a successful thing, podcast to, <laughs> I was going to say like they come here <laughs> to listen to podcast. good stuff but I mean my <laughs> main goal in life is to make other people's life chaotic yeah. and a mixture of miserable That's, and happy you know and you're fulfilling that chaotic That's neutral great. you know I like to poke the bear and <laughs> oh my god I love the what was it the so, moral alignment me and my friends have one for boys yeah we place boys in a moral alignment chart well, I'm definitely chaotic neutral, regardless. Yeah, have you placed us like independently, or I don't you're definitely you. chaotic, and I think you are chaotic evil because you like to just stir the shit. Um, you're also not a fuckboy because like chaotic neutral is a fuckboy who just kind oh. of like rugby boy kind of lad. You kind of know what Fair. you're getting, but they're also a bit crazy. You, I think you're lawful evil, or like a neutral. Aren't these like Dungeons neutral? and Dragons alignments? Oh yeah. Oh, I have no idea. I think it is. Yeah. It's oh, the it moral just, they just came out with it, and I was like, okay, we'll just place boys. And yeah. it went really well. Back to the last you know, season. it's so funny how easy it is to, like, literally compartmentalize boys. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. It's, it's weird. <laughs> We're very simple creatures. Yeah. Lawful evil, chaotic evil, apparently. You heard nah, it here I first. think, like, Neil's like a maybe neutral, neutral, or like a lawful. G- I don't like to think I'm evil. I like to think I'm not evil. I think you've got a bit of a... Bit of a maybe you're a neutral... I don't know. You're, I don't know. I don't know. You've got a bit of an edge. Some of the stupid stuff I do, he finds funny. So that's yeah. what makes me think. But you're going to be a teacher as well. That's like really lawful good. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah but you got strict teachers. So yeah. that's if lawful the podcast evil. doesn't ruin me first. Because no. Rob gets me cancelled. <laughs> well. Right. I think this will lead nicely somehow. <laughs> I'll just be like, Segway! And then... Where's the lamb sauce? Come on, man. I just need a... This the lamb Where's the lamb sauce? Right here. Oh, fuck off you, you fat, useless sack of fucking Yankee danky doodle shite. Fuck off, will you please, yeah? Okay, this is going to be our final topic of this episode. It is down to Vic's segment. I don't know if you want background music on this. We can play something subtle. I don't think you should. No, uh-huh. probably not. I think it's something that we should probably just... I'm going to let you take this however you will. I think me and Neil are just mostly going to be reactionary. Okay. Yes, Neil, you can open your donuts right now if you want. <laughs> you can do it quickly. I'm going to point it out. He's got an 18-pack of mini donuts. And he's going to eat all of them. Right, no, them. so I bought them. I bought them <laughs> for... I mean, Vic can't eat them. No. Well, of course not. She's in her bedroom. And I'm yeah, not eating of them. 
Of course not. You're in. You're in. You're in. Well, yes. You're in. You're in your house. But hype. you know. But hypothetically, if we were in the same room, <laughs> then Victoria would be able to eat them because yeah, she's gluten free, which I would have forgotten, and you could. Yeah, but There's no my chocolate. body is my temple. Hmm? What? Hmm? Hmm? Anyway, I'm anyway. so. Anyway, I'm gonna. Okay. I'm right. Gonna eat, I'm so gonna we're gonna play the shop time. And yes, we are. Donuts, really, Rao? I just wanted one. <laughs> okay, one. I was just saying, this is a rather very one poignant is topic. There is. I don't know why you had to bring up the donuts. <laughs> <laughs> right. I swear we're not trying to make this comedic in No, I know, but I feel like, like you've already done it. Um, no, I'm going to shut up. Yeah, so am I. Shut up, Rob. So, take, take the... Okay, so I think this is going to be mainly... So I think people obviously know what I've been through the past couple of years, but my main point is that I wanted to tell the whole story yeah. and then kind of from that just my I've been listening to a lot of other podcasts um, on grief and one of them I literally listened to on the way here and it was like the, something was just so nice that was said so I'll, I'll say that at the end um, but basically so um, in 2017 um, so my dad worked away in the Congo um, as a subsea engineer and so we would work on and off, month on, month off and it was in November he went away um, for his la- what was going to be his last shift before we actually moved him to possibly Norway with my mum and on Boxing Day, so that month that he was away from November to Boxing Day he had experienced a lot of headaches, like really exhausted, that sort of stuff and um, we put it down to heat exhaustion. He went to see a doctor. That was what's happened. Um, then on Boxing Day, um, he passed out. Um, and again, they put it down to heat exhaustion. Prior to this, five years before, um, my dad had kidney cancer and it was stage four. And he, it, they found out it spread to his vein. So they removed the kidney and the vein and literally was in hospital for two weeks and then went straight on to his shift in the Congo again, like Fucking sort of hell. like just the trooper that he was, was like, I need to provide for you guys. And yeah. um, I can't just sit around. Also that year, my uncle passed away from a heart attack. And then over the next couple of years, my grandma had strokes and my dad's mum, and my granddad passed away. Um, so it was like a really hard couple of years for us. And um, to be honest, to see my dad, the hardest thing about my granddad was like seeing my dad struggle through it. He didn't have a great relationship with his family, but he was right. always there for his dad. And my dad saw my granddad for the last time, went away on a plane, landed in Congo, found out from my mum. Mum just phoned him and was like, your dad just passed away whilst you've been on the plane. And my dad was like, okay, well, I need to do this month of work and then I can come home. So it it had been a rough time, uh, flash forward to 2016, 2017, sorry. And yeah, my dad passed out. They took him to hospital um, in the Congo and they were like, okay, um, again, I'm not sure what it is, we'll do a scan. They did a scan and I remember I was in my flat um, with my boyfriend at the time and my mum phoned me and they were like, oh, so it's a cyst. And I was like, okay, I don't know what that means, but I just burst out crying. And my boyfriend took the phone and he was talking to my mum and he was like, well, come up with the phone. And we were like, okay, we're going to go and do something to just 
take it out on so we went to the gym because it's like my one stress relief <laughs> and um, we went along and it's so funny because my dad phoned me when I was in the gym and this is actually the last time I got to speak to him uh, so he phoned me in the gym and he was like I heard that you were upset and I was like yeah um, obviously I'm just thinking of you and wanting you to like be okay and he was like I'll come home like he was like I'll make it like don't worry about me and um, they'll be able to handle it. it'll be fine and I was like you've literally just found out that you've got to go have surgery and that you have a cyst and you're phoning me to make sure I'm okay <laughs> what the hell um strong man I know so basically a couple of days later um he was actually supposed to fly home um on the 29th and then be back for new year's day and I was getting ready no, actually it was like the 30th or something. And um, I was getting ready and I was like, I knew my dad was flying home that night. I was getting ready to go out for New Year's Eve. And he, I got a missed call from him and I was I was like, what's going on? And he was like, just me he just messaged me and he was like, just message mum. And mum phoned me and she was like, dad's not coming home because they find out if he gets on the plane, he literally was on the plane and all these police and ambulance turned up and took him off. And they were like, if he had went on the plane, it would have hemorrhaged yeah. and he would have passed away. So they took him to hospital. And um, he had surgery um, on like the 2nd of January and we had already decided we were going to fly out, but we could only afford two people to go. So my mum flew out with my brother, Lewis, and um, they flew over whilst he was in surgery, um, got there and went into hospital straight away and he was up talking um, and he had went, they actually found out in that surgery it was a tumour. And because of that, it was like 13 hours of surgery. And the next day he was up talking to them and laughing and stuff. And um, my mum found out that my dad, before surgery, was talking to this other guy in ICU and said to him, um, my, my wife is coming over with my son. Make sure she's all right. <laughs> and that man came over to my mum and like, whilst my dad was still in theatre mm -hmm. and was like, and his wife also came over and they were like, um, Stuart told us to come and look for you and yeah, it was insane. it's like how much you love someone even though you know you're going to go through surgery yeah. Um, so yeah those next couple weeks were great because it was like me and Ryan were home and we were like finding out you know he's go doing well he's got this infection he's fought it he's doing well he's mm -hmm. up talking all this stuff I had not still not spoken to him and then one day it was actually when Beast from the East hit um, or Beast from whatever um, hit it was like I was at lunch with my boyfriend at the time and some friends and I had like five missed calls from my auntie and she called me again um, when I realised and she was like, you need to go home right now. So I got picked up by one of my uncles, driven home and me and Ryan sat there, FaceTime my mum and she was like, um, so they've just found out his brain has started to swell and I was like, okay. And it was like, Basically, from that, they needed to sedate him and give him, try different things to make him okay. And we were like, they were like, basically, the next 24 hours is life or death. And I was like, okay. So I stayed at home with Ryan and we sent, like, I remember sending voice notes to my mum for him, for them to play to my dad whilst yeah. he was unconscious. And then we made the decision that week that we were going to fly over to Africa. We flew over and um, I was, I remember seeing him in ICU and it was the most difficult thing I've ever seen in my life. Like it was like a different person and every day walking down to the ICU was like, 
heartbreaking. Like I literally, it's like someone took my breath away from me. Like I fell to the floor most days. Like I couldn't actually handle it. And then um, I, they kept bringing stuff up to me saying like, okay, the doctors were saying, um, you know, we need to do this test. And I was like, do it if it will make him okay. Do it. Like I want it to be happening. But I didn't understand what it was. I found out it was a brainstem test because um, I did a little bit of research when I was there. And basically the brainstem test is to assess whether someone um, actually can function off of life support or not. So basically whether they're dead or not. And I, once I found that out, I was like, okay, um, that's going to have to happen at some point. And it got to like Sunday and me and my family had many discussions about it. And that whole time my dad was not awake. I had not spoken to him. He had not responded to anything I did. So I didn't know if he knew I was there. Um, then we let the doctors do a brainstem test and um, basically found out that day he wasn't there anymore. And they were like, we can keep him alive, like on the machine or, you know, you can make the decision to switch off. And my family all agreed we didn't want my dad to suffer anymore. So we switched off. Uh, we were all there and we like, I can't even explain how difficult that is to mm-hmm. sit in. And then next two weeks I was in Africa dealing with like moving my dad's body, like home, moving us mm-hmm. home. And funnily enough, this has happened. This happened from, he, I hadn't, he'd not been home since November to January 28th. Um, well, we, he'd not been, um, I hadn't had any contact with him from then to January 28th and then he died. And then um, we did not get home until like a couple weeks into February. So that was all Christmas, my birthday, um, Lewis's birthday, all that stuff. And I got home and it was the first year I'd bought my dad like a present by myself. And I got home and I had to like open that up and like open up. So uh, my tradition in my family is we don't have Christmas until everyone's in the house. Yeah, so yeah. if my dad's working away, we wait till he's home. Um, so all the presents were still there. Yeah. All the decorations were still up. And then we had to deal with like funeral stuff and that took forever. And his funeral was like in February and... Um, it was, I'm not going to lie, like that was all difficult. And that time I actually don't remember. It was like a whirlwind of, mm-hmm. I don't know when things happen. And it's hard to place timeline. But then I got back and it was like trying, my uni were like to me, uh, you know, just catch up on what you've missed. And then they were like, Fucking we can't no. give you, uh, yeah, they were like, we can't give you a counselling appointment until like two months or something. And I was like, okay. And I tried to work through it. I like literally worked, like didn't sleep, tried to catch up and then made the decision to move uni. But basically, it's like I listened to this podcast today and there's a lot of things I've learned. But one of the things is that people need to realise, like when you lose someone like that who's so close to you, like, sorry how brutal it is, but it, the only thing certain about this life is that one day you will not be here anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think whether that be tomorrow next year like when you're 80 you really have no like control of it mm-hmm. and it's like realizing that death is not something to not be discussed i think it's like such an important fact to know that that's going to happen to you and to make whatever time you have here so worthwhile and it's taken me so long to come to terms with it and i'm still learning and i'm still dealing with the fact that my dad's not good i'm only had 20 years with him mm-hmm. um and it was to be honest the bullying ruined my relationship with my dad and my family because it was like that really 
I was so self-conscious all the time that I just struggled to like myself. And the only thing my dad wanted the whole time he was here was for me to like myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying my best to do that for him. Now, I think that's a great thing to like have yeah, as yeah. a driver. But yeah, knowing that, you know, it, it's not something to be scared of because it's going to happen. It's trying to make sure that when that happens, you've lived as happy and as like successful uh, in your own way and as meaningful life as you could have it's making sure that you've lived and not just been alive yeah Yeah. i think that's it and it's like so easy for people when i i obviously find that people don't really want to talk about it because it's like it hits so close to home or like people Mm -hmm. are like i can't even imagine my my parents not being here but it's like when you actually sit and think they they're not going to be here anymore or i'm going to be all my own my family won't be here anymore it's like that's going to happen and you just yeah i think it's like everyone needs to just face up to it because it's a fact of life and it's a beautiful fact of life that one day you'll leave something mm-hmm. in this world but it's just please do not let someone who's like going through a grieving time feel guilty for bringing something up no yeah it's, that's the last thing you want exactly. and at the end of the day you you carry on your dad's legacy just mm. by trying to live up to what you think he might have wanted from you mm-hmm. and it's just a whole journey mm-hmm. yeah no honestly i'm not gonna lie i listened to that podcast before when she was saying stuff like this and i was actually tearing up like i've <laughs> mad what surprise. it's i'm sorry like i even like i've been thinking about how to tell the story and stuff and there's so many things i'll leave out or there's so many things i won't say but it's like when you get into it it's like how emotional i can be like i don't i don't really show my emotions much but it's it's i don't know it's a beautiful story in a way <laughs> i feel like that 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 really touched me, that story. That's just... I, I, do you know what I just fucked me up? It's just that Edinburgh Uni, I'm going to call them out for being such shitty fucking people to not even, like, have any uh, ounce of humanity. To I'm just... going to say, as well, like, the beautiful thing that's come from all this has happened is that Edinburgh Uni have changed. They are... They've made a well-being centre and stuff like that. Which, On, and the government... Um, George Square, is that... Yeah. The government have invested £20 million, the Scottish government, into mental health support after my campaigns came out. Yeah. And then the other thing is That's that great. I've heard from two girls who've actually lost their dads in the past year and we've now like been meeting up and it's like it's so nice because they're like coming yeah. to me and they're like, it's so nice to have someone there. And I'm like, to be honest, I've, you know, I've had two years of no one knowing what the hell I'm going through Mm -hmm, and to have a girl as horrible as it is to have someone who actually you can sit and be like, I can, I can be there for you because I've been there in that position two years ago. Yeah. It's like, that's almost beautiful. It's like a shit club to be a part of, but you have (laughs) a community. (laughs) It's so weird, but yeah, it's true. That is some of the good silver linings that can come of it. It's just that the positive impact that you can have on maybe someone else who's yeah. going through something as well. Hopefully listening to this, someone can actually appreciate the things you said. It's been, <laughs> holy shit, powerful. I don't even, I'm lost for words <laughs> for once. Uh, fuck, I just want to give you a hug after all. Of this <laughs> I could see you're tearing up and I'm like, my dead soul's tearing up as well. <laughs> well, what I'll do then is I'll thank everybody for listening. Uh, yeah, this has been a this has been quite quite the episode. This has been quite quite powerful, and I think it's been uh, it's been a real it's been a real it's been a real journey. But I hope everybody enjoyed. Rob, yeah. any uh, anything, anything you'd like to add? You know, to tie in with what Victoria said, is the little prep boy in me that learned Latin young way back when. Just memento mori, you know. Always remember death. 
Yeah. It's not something to be afraid of. It mm-hmm. is something that we should acknowledge and carry with us. Yeah. Victoria, anything you'd like to add? I think I just completely agree. I think just, you know, make your time here as meaningful as you can. There you so, go. Thank you. <laughs> well, embrace the day, people. And with that... Peace out. <laughs> we digress. We digress. <laughs>